to Direct Impact, where we discuss the various ways our mental health and quality of life intersect. I'm your host, Andrea Epstein, licensed professional counselor, master's addictions counselor, and certified sex therapist. Think of our time together as focused self-reflection mixed with insight, passion, and empowerment. Now, take a deep breath. Now let's dive in and see what impacts you today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad to have you guys back. Direct Impact Nation, this is something that you really want to tune into. Go ahead right now and think of all of the people that you might want to share this episode with. We are talking about getting up after a slip. So really, go ahead and get in your mind all of your sponsees, all of your fellows in recovery and self-discovery, all of you clinicians and coaches and caseworkers and social workers. Think about the people that you might want to share this episode with because learning how to get up after a slip and have a healthy relationship with that slip and what that slip could really potentially offer your whole recovery process, that is something that um, is worth sharing. It's worth engaging in. So, all right, go ahead and put your earphones on, turn up the volume. I want to introduce Madeline Shaver, and I'm just so grateful to have her on. She is a longtime friend, a very longtime colleague. We're kind of getting up there. So, longtime friend and colleague, and she is just amazing, a licensed clinical social worker in the Savannah area, and she specializes in quite a few different things, mood disorders, disordered eating, also in addiction and recovery, both chemical and behavioral. So she and I have a lot in common clinically, and I'd just like to introduce her. So welcome, Madeline. Thank you for having me, Andrea. I'm so happy to be here and to really dive into this topic because it is a good one. It is good, and it's important. And so, all right, guys, listen up. We're just going to start by defining or really defining and differentiating between a slip or a lapse. It can be a lapse in thinking, could be a lapse in behavior, could be a lapse in lots of different things, could be an emotional lapse or trigger. But the difference between a slip and a lapse versus a relapse. So uh, Madeline, what what do you think? I think that there is a difference between the two. And I like to think of them each as signals. Okay. And that's the word I use rather than a lapse or a relapse, but it depends on the situation of what your behavior, your thought, or your emotion is trying to tell you. Okay. All right. Can you give me an example of something that might be communicated or a signal that can be received or ignored? <laughs> Yes. And so in the case of if we're if we're defining in the words of lapse or relapse. So in the case of a lapse, it may be that somebody to use the most common will go with drinking or drugging. So chemicals that somebody has a lapse they use and then they are. Why did I do that? I don't want to do that. I regret doing that. That is a signal to something is going on, there's a situation of overwhelm, something isn't flowing right in their life, and the old pattern of reaching for the substance was just the easiest answer. Mm -hmm. And so 
a relapse, an example of that would be maybe ongoing use. Maybe there's insight that, uh oh, <laughs> this isn't good. And maybe there's not, maybe there's denial happening, but it is an ongoing process. It's repeated, it's more than once. That is still a signal. It might be a signal of something deeper or bigger, but it is still a signal. Mm-hmm. But something definitely worth diving deeper into in yes. the therapeutic process. Yes. So again, we are talking about really emotionally intelligent individuals who have already gotten to the point that they are investing in their mental health and their recovery and their chemical sobriety. So they mm-hmm. have some of those safety nets in place. So this is somebody who's in therapy and they're able also to kind of catch it early on, or maybe they're just invested in their 12-step program, have some sponsorship, but accountability is in place. There's some sort of engagement with others about their personal healing or their journey. Mm-hmm. So and there is engagement, yes. Which I think is such an important component because how do you start to read and understand and how are those signals communicated to you if you don't bounce things off of others? If there's not um, either a community helping you do that or a counselor, a therapist, sponsor, accountability partner. I mean, it's just so important so that you can catch things in a lapse. And sometimes the signals are, are internal mm. and, and maybe, maybe a person doesn't speak up or they don't communicate with the person that they normally are engaging with and which is a signal in and of itself. Um, you know, but sometimes it's an internal, it's can't be verbalized. Sometimes it's a bad feeling. Sometimes it's shame. Sometimes it is confusion. The why am I doing this, but I don't want to tell anyone because I feel too bad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes it's internal and not spoken. And so paying attention to sometimes it's a stomach ache or mm-hmm. a headache that won't, you can't kind of shake. Yeah. Sometimes it's that. Yeah. But learning again, investing and learning how to become more in tune and connected to your embodied emotion and your feelings mm-hmm. and your thoughts so that you can recognize signals. Um, and maybe when you're able to do that, you don't fall victim really to old behaviors, old patterns, and eventual relapse, which is where you get sucked back into that whole vortex and that cycle of dysfunction and dependency. And chaos ensues. Yes, yes, yes. So I think you really did a good job of pointing out the difference between lapse and relapse. And I find that sometimes it is that you've picked up, but you recognize quickly what those signals were. I also find that sometimes a lapse can be caught before you even pick up. Have you seen that sometimes? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. People will say something out loud of, I am thinking about using more, or I'm thinking about an ex Uh uh, that, you know, was a toxic relationship. Okay. Not, Mm -hmm. not a fond relationship Mm -hmm. memory kind of, but um, they'll start having thoughts or they'll start, start daydreaming. They'll start. But they'll start discussing it. And mm-hmm. why am I thinking about this? And they feel strongly pulled by it. Uh-huh. But hopefully they're talking about it out loud and sorting out, well, that's a signal. Mm-hmm. So what's going on today or in this present relationship that's 
healthy and nurturing <laughs> that might feel out of place or a place of overwhelm there that you're climbing out a window to this thoughts of these old relationship patterns mm-hmm. or getting high or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Uh-huh. So identifying, you know, those defense mechanisms. So, okay, like, why are you rationalizing? Where are these negative cognitions coming in? You know, why are we now minimizing and tiptoeing? And that's why I like to ask one of those questions you were talking about, accountability. You know, towards the middle end-ish of my session, I might say, and what have you withheld in this session? (laughs) (laughs) Because it is human nature to still carry shame to the point where even in a safe environment, in a room where it's all about you, you are still withholding vital information that could keep you from a lapse or a relapse. Yes, (laughs) I I have a a tell. And so I call it tells. And usually with clients... It's, it's something so subtle, it's nonverbal, and it's something in their body or on their face, a movement, and it's always a tell. And I'll, and I'll say, uh-oh, I see your tell, <laughs> you know, and, and, and they just smile and, you know, I can't stand you sometimes, you know, I'll hear that. And I'm like, well, you know, do you feel ready to say whatever mm-hmm. is leading to that tell? Sometimes it's a cough or it's, it's so subtle, but the relationship is so strong therapeutically that I can read them, uh-huh. you know, yeah. and, and, and it's so, you know, and sometimes they don't want to say it then and then they circle around to it. And sometimes they're like, all right, yeah, that dumb cough of mine or mm-hmm. gave me away. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And and I love that you mentioned the therapeutic rapport and the therapeutic relationship because it is such a strong relationship and you do start to pick up on so many subtleties of the individual and they say things like how do you read my mind it's like i'm not reading i'm not a mind reader (laughs) not at all but um but yeah that is something i feel like is so important again when holding somebody accountable and just saying you know like this is something observable Mm -hmm. yes yeah Mm -hmm. yeah there is a window to your soul (laughs) (laughs) all right i want to tell you about brain fm Some days, our focus is stretched thin. Different sources of stimulation regularly wear on our attention. Working from home can obviously exacerbate these issues. At best, curated playlists can be a crapshoot. Whether they'll actually push you to be more productive? Who knows? This is why we use Brain FM. These guys have neural phase locking audio technology and fire soundtracks that shift your neurons into focus mode. Visit brainfm.com. That's www.brainfm.com. Use the promo code Direct Impact for great discounts. Let's talk about moving forward why lapses and relapses are so common in early recovery and even long term recovery. You know, if you get out of routine or out of good patterns of behavior or step away from the things that are working in your recovery, it's easy again to fall victim to lapse and relapse. But why is it so common? In the early phase of it, and and Andrea, this is what we were saying, one of your biggest sticking points is there's a difference between sobriety and recovery. And in the early phases, we can call it sobriety working towards recovery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so early the early point of sobriety and or recovery is thing you're going to trip and fall. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you have to practice so many scenarios. It's it's the toddler learning to walk. You you do fall, it's expected. It's it's some people never use again 
they if it's a chemical sobriety they really never use again and that is kind of rare but there's so much other layers to work on to get mm-hmm. to true recovery but in the early years it is common people have to s- s- get in different life scenarios and practice the new skills of not using through it so a job change operating outside of your family you have the safety net in the early phases of that where you go to AA and you go home, you go to work and you go home and you're pretty, you keep your circle pretty small, but eventually you have to go out and live. And every time you go out and live, it's a new scenario to practice the skill. And sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you try again and, and, and then next time you go in that scenario, oh, you know what went wrong? I didn't you know, call this person first to be like, Hey, I'm going into a new situation and I feel a little nervous about it. I need to speak up next time and let someone know or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. but Set to troubleshoot for success. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, but the early recovery is all about troubleshooting when you do slip because mm-hmm. you will slip. Yeah. And, and it's okay. It is expected. Right. And, you know, and that gets us to the next point of really having like a healthy perspective and response to a a very common, very likely, maybe even inevitable slip or lapse. And so I feel like that's really, really important that we talk about is, okay, so like I've slipped, I've fallen, I've caught myself, I've I've come clean, I've reported that. Now what? Now what? And Mm -hmm. part of the recovery, moving into recovery and part of that early stage is mind shifting, to shift from and and this is this is part of recovery is there's so much shame that comes with addiction whatever form that may take however i can't do this i'm an idiot all those negative beliefs core beliefs that people have just spring up when a lapse happens i've screwed up i have failed i have disappointed people and moving from the mind shift you know I think is important as therapist and in whatever kind of provider to have a mind shift as well that it's ex- to to have the expectation mm-hmm. of you will slip this is the early phase this is normal rather than this pressure and I think people do that not meaning to cause harm mm-hmm. but there is just one day at a time and if you do one day at a time, you'll really never use again. And that's just not true. That's not true. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it is, but it's that's not common, though. Yeah, I've, I've noticed you talk about providers and their approach and how important it is to set people up for success and to really spend time in looking at expectations and making sure that expectations are realistic. But I have found that providers are so scared to talk about relapse, they feel like then my client's going to relapse. It's almost like why people don't want to talk about sex in school. Because then they're going to want to do it. Well, they're, and well kids are, teenagers have sex. <laughs> right. And people in early recovery relapse. relapse. Right. And, and so I've yeah. seen that it's a very similar <laughs> yeah. approach. It's so such true. like a fearful, you know, it's like, no, let's just talk about this so that when or if it happens, there is that mental preparation that's already, there's a foundation that's laid that says, that's okay. We've already worked on shame reduction. We've already identified this as a possibility. We've already set you up to see any lapse in thinking or behavior as an opportunity to grow in your recovery and to continue to like build on your progress because I really believe that it's 
as they say in the rooms, it's progress, not perfection, but lapses can be a real opportunity for growth and learning something new and continuing to develop in your recovery. Because how do you know if you don't make a mistake? If you don't have a slip, how do you grow and continue to learn how to, like you said, go into new environments, expand your life? We want people to be fulfilled and to have all these life experiences. (laughs) You, You almost have to predict it for clients and and to use that language literally use that language of just predict that you will be overwhelmed just predict that you will want to use and that that you may use even though you really don't want to anymore Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that your brain is set up the wiring is there to use and until you get the hang of being in full recovery, which takes a long time, your brain has to rewire. And until it's rewired, you still have the same wiring that you walked in the store with. And you just hit the nail on the head and not to you know, circle back too far. But the why is it so common in early recovery? And frankly, even in long term recovery, I've seen it happen to people 10 years clean. But It is that neurobiology. It's all of those well-worn paths, all of that, you know, wiring. And of course, you're going to very naturally gravitate towards addiction, acting out behaviors, you know, old patterns of thought and, you know, behavior in times of stress and dysregulation and when you know, old traumas emerge and things like so we do need to be prepared for that because you will in recovery, hopefully continue to live and not just live thrive. So you're always trying to rewire and build and go down and strengthen new pathways. And that's going to be hard. It's not easy. They are literally the paths less taken. Mm -hmm. And those roads are always harder, (laughs) right? Until you wear down the path and make it smooth. Mm -hmm. But it's all the road less taken is always harder. And that's true here in the brain Mm -hmm. as well. Listen up. Is anybody out there interested in working smarter, not harder? Timeular provides effortless time tracking to help you achieve your goals and lead a more productive work-life balance. This platform helps you to quantify distractions, increase your focus, and transform how you spend your very, very valuable time and energy. See where every minute of your working day is spent. For me, time audits hold me accountable to my priorities, protecting my margin, and it holds me accountable to my annual goals. How and where I dedicate my time and energy is super important. As a wife, mother of two children and several pets, founder and CEO of a nonprofit, clinical director of Resolve Strategies and a podcaster, I wear many hats and I use Timular to keep me on track. Just go to timular.com backslash REF backslash direct impact. All right, scroll down at the end of this episode through our show notes and click on timular.com backslash REF backslash direct impact. Another reason I found that, you know, <laughs> lapse and relapse is so common in early recovery is because I don't know if you've heard the analogy, but it's kind of like you just imagine yourself driving a station wagon or a minivan or a large van or a you know, extended bed truck, right? And every time something challenging or emotionally difficult comes up, you you take that and you throw it in the backseat and you throw it in the backseat, you throw it in the in the bed of the truck, you throw it back. So in addiction, you're constantly avoiding 
you know, that type of emotional struggle or dysregulation. So in that avoidance, you take your trash, you throw it in the back. And then in recovery, you slam on the brakes and everything from the back flies to the front. And so, yeah, you're sober now. But guess what? All of that crap that you've been avoiding for all of those (laughs) years or months is now flung and thrusted into the forefront. And I feel like that's why. I mean, you are not just dealing with day-to-day pressures. You're dealing with all of the pressures that you have been avoiding all throughout your disease and all throughout your acting out. So yeah, uh, it makes sense, right? That it's, you know, lapse is common. Absolutely. Which brings us back to signals yeah, and the state of overwhelm, that the signal has arised and there's some sort of overwhelm happening in some pocket of life. And in your example, it's something that was avoided or many things avoided. And that would be the target in therapy or, you know, discussions with friendships and supportive persons. But that is exactly signals Uh and the state of overwhelm leading to a slip. Right, right. Yeah, I love I absolutely love the analogy. I find it very, you know, helpful. So I think for our audience, we've described to you a few very core reasons why it's very common. Okay, so have that expectation and be prepared for it. Let's talk about, you know, I love it. So sobriety versus recovery in the sense of, yes, people can one and done it. They can walk into the rooms. They can pick up that white chip. They can never drink again. But why is that not necessarily sobriety? Because oftentimes that sobriety allows the behavioral issues that have been suppressed or ignored (laughs) to emerge, right? So yeah, sometimes it feels like a one and done. And it's like, wow, I was able to do that. But then we find cross dependency ensues, and things of that nature. So let's talk about the layering, um, the process of recovery, starting with chemical dependency and kind of working backwards. Yes. So when someone is chemically sober, for however long of a stretch of time, whether it's one month or 10 years, that is sobriety. (laughs) And it is the beginning of the journey toward recovery. It is the first layer. And it is about skill development. That phase is however long it lasts is about skill development, behavioral changes, being sober, which means you put no mood altering chemicals into your system. The next layer mm-hmm. is okay, so what springs up next? Where does it feel bad in life now that you are sober? Are my relationships a mess? Do I feel like everyone dumps on me? Do I notice that friendships leave me and I don't want them to and I don't understand why? Am I having relationships that I keep secret? Mm -hmm. Am I always crying and upset and feeling like I have a lot of swings in my mood, but I don't really understand it. But people are telling me I'm hard to be around, even though I'm sober. Mm -hmm. It's an am I changing up my relationship with food or is that now noticeable to others 
it, it's always the same as it's always been. But now that I'm sober, other people are making comments about my eating patterns or mm-hmm. the way that I look in a way that's concerning to them. Those are what you, that's the next step. Yeah. Am I now seeking out new behaviors as a form of avoidance, mood alteration, and escapism? And so like that can be in in fantasy, that can be in gambling, that can be in in mood shifts, that can be in food, that can be, when I say mood shifts, that could be rage, that can be anger, that can be all of those displaced emotions coming from unresolved trauma. So sexual, unwanted sexual behaviors, sexual acting out, pornography, you know, all of those behaviors now become a source of pain and dysfunction. And it's, you know, negatively impacting all of those relationships. So you're chemically sober, but in absolutely no way behaviorally sober. And then when is it a good time to move, move beyond that? Cause that's, that's still, we're getting towards recovery. Absolutely. <laughs> the meat and the potatoes. <laughs> Absolutely. And so you, you start to notice that stuff and address it. And so it may mean that what the clinical term would be, that is a dual diagnosis situation where maybe you need a psychotropic medication because there's depression or anxiety or, you know, bipolar or something happening and you never knew it because of the use. And now that you're sober, then it's time for maybe medication would benefit you greatly to help you achieve a sense of calm. And sometimes the bus stops there and it's, all right, now I can really move into recovery. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the bus doesn't just stop there, though. Mm-hmm. And and so you address whatever the acting out is. Mm-hmm. And then the next layer, when you develop skills around those areas, the next layer would be emotion. Mm-hmm. Have you experienced the deep hurt, headache, anger, and confusion caused by intimacy betrayal? Has your partner gone outside of the relationship to feed their sexual compulsion or medicate their inadequacies and anxieties? Do you feel isolated, rejected, deceived, and manipulated? Well, my friend, if you are answering yes, and you have endured one or multiple instances of betrayal, you are not alone. Lightning in a Bottle digital course creators have developed a course for millions just like you, survivors of betrayal trauma. This course is designed for those injured by infidelity and intimacy betrayal. This course is facilitated by yours truly and created to take you from the trauma of discovery into recovery. The Betrayal Trauma Foundations course will equip you with the fundamentals needed to begin the process of recovery and healing. This includes five hours of psychoeducation, independent insight exercises, continuing care resources, and more. Become part of an exclusive community dedicated to restoration and resilience. For pre-launch registration, visit www.lightninginabottle.biz backslash courses. This site and pre-registration will save you 15%. For an additional 15%, that is a total of 30% in savings today, enter the promo code IMPACT, that's I-M-P-A-C-T, to receive an additional 15% off. That's a total of 30% off in savings today, so hurry Reserve your spot and save big. So that's when you start diving into the 
attachment wounds and the unaddressed trauma and the emotional dysregulation and some misuse, really, misdirected emotion. Absolutely. Can you make friends and keep them? That's a very important question I ask everybody uh-huh. at different stages of their journey. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, sometimes it's easy to make friends when you're using, but it's hard to keep them because things <laughs> get chaotic. Sometimes people really do struggle with making friends after they're sober. And sometimes that has to be, sometimes that is emotionally driven because there's a lot of chaos internally. And what is that about? And so again, it's a signal for a state of overwhelm of these different baskets of life that we have, which all lead to recovery. And those different baskets are family, friends, work, personal development, personal interest, hobbies, all those different things, parenthood, if you're a parent, all of those areas you know, it, 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 and then it's looking really would be, you know, trauma. Uh-huh. Are you triggered? Is the, is the emotional chaos coming because of there are triggers you don't understand? Right. Under and the it's surface. Setting off alarm mm-hmm. bells within your nervous system. Right. Right. And I, I love that that picture. And we just we just want the audience to understand, again, it's not lineal. OK, this is going to be unique to every single person on the road to recovery, restoration and self-discovery, you know, and, and so there's no like right or wrong way to work this, but don't work it alone. <laughs> right. So I love that because it, it shows like from a clinical perspective, we're going to first look at chemical sobriety and then behavioral sobriety and then look at emotional sobriety before you can start to see really the benefits of recovery and then the whole term recovering your authentic self then might start to resonate (laughs) but you know you you can't you know do that without first you know removing the chemicals addressing the behaviors and and all of that work so we really do empower you and encourage you and and we know the benefits of that very difficult journey. So, all right, somebody slipped. Now they know how to get up because they understand that it's okay. You know, let's just, let's talk about this. Let's respond well to it. Tell me, is there anything else you feel like the community really needs to understand about slips and how to quickly respond and get back up before we wrap up? It takes a very, very long time, but any craft that we hone should take a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even like outside of discovery, like we are, I hope every day that we're living and we're breathing, we're striving to better ourselves and our situations, right? <laughs> so it is a lifelong, you know, process. And I, I hope that, you know, we can welcome that and remain humble and teachable human beings, you know, because we're, we're in this together. So thank you, Madeline, so much. So for our listeners, let us know where we can get more of you and find you. Well, thank you for having me. First of all, this has been a lot of fun. It has been. And <laughs> so again, my name is Madeline Shaver. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I am with Low Country Counseling. That's, um, you can find us at savannatherapist.com. And that's where we can be found, savannatherapist.com. Awesome. 
savannatherapist.com. If y'all want more of Madeline, you know where to find her. And as always, you know, thanks for, you know, being with us today. Please comment. Please give us a review. We really want to know and really value your thoughts, your feelings, your preferences, your needs, and your questions. So write in. Let us know what you like, what you want more of, what you haven't heard yet. So definitely know that we welcome your feedback positive or negative. It's all welcome here. (laughs) So comment and share. We really do appreciate our community. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Do you feel preoccupied, confused, or embarrassed about an unwanted behavior? Do you prioritize pornography, food, finances, gambling, toxic people, and or chemicals over your primary responsibilities? Well, at Resolve Strategies in Savannah, Georgia, our clinical counselors offer evidence-based approaches to take you from discovery to recovery. To learn more about Resolve Strategies, visit www.resolvestrategiesinc.com and take our free quiz, Five Defense Mechanisms That Might Keep You in the Dark. Does anyone else feel like they just earned an extra brain wrinkle? Do you feel like that went by way too fast and just cannot wait till the next episode? Then leave a review and share this episode with a friend, a loved one, a coworker, or whomever because your valued feedback makes a direct impact. Hey, listen up. You don't want to miss out on this. Wise Mind Enterprises and Lightning in a Bottle Digital Courses are offering direct impact listeners deep discounts of up to 25% on their 2022 course offerings. Say what? 25%? That's right, Edward. Just visit www.lightninginabottle.biz backslash courses to pre-order and save big. These courses are carefully curated with you in mind. Hey, Madison, did you know Lightning in a Bottle works with credentialed licensed professional psychotherapists to create life-giving content that is sure to make an impact? I did, and I'm super excited about their new courses. Me too. New 2022 digital courses include The Antidote to Reactive Living, Healing Body Betrayal, Escaping the Perfectionism Paradox, Essential Truths to Support Your Recovery, just to name a few, and with more life-enhancing courses coming down the pipeline. And if 25% savings still leaves you on the fence, well, how about this? The first 20 people to pre-order will receive 50% off a second course of their choosing. I don't know about you, but I need at least two of those courses. So visit www.lightninginabottle.biz backslash courses today and enter the promo code IMPACT to receive massive savings on valuable courses. Oh, side note. Lightning in a Bottle offers more than just courses. They offer a recovery and life enhancement community, and they are always interested in hearing from you. If one of these courses didn't resonate with you, well, let them know what you're looking for on your journey because your voice is valued and vital. All righty, my friends, pre-order or engage with Lightning in a Bottle at www.lightninginabottle.biz. Invest in you today and don't forget your promo code IMPACT. Thank you for dropping in. Snaps to you because you have made a direct impact by listening to this podcast. Make sure to follow us on social media and stay tuned every week for a new episode of Direct Impact with Andrea Epting. So many of us have a lot of balls in the air. This will allow us stop the balls. (laughs) Ha 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 ha!